Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm excited today. Um, man, that song was good. Nobody in the grave now. Come on, because death has met its death. Um, so, hey, today we are in uh, a small little chapter today, only 11 verses. Um, so today might be short, but we'll see uh, with what all God has for us. Um, because we know God's word, it could be one verse and it's jam packed full of meaning. Uh, so we're going to dive into this little story, um, as part of the greater story of what is going on in David's life, um, in this whole mix up with Saul, uh, and all the craziness that is, uh, the giant soap opera between these two guys and, and everything that's going on. But so, yeah, we are in chapter 29, 1 Samuel 29. Um, we'll be reading out of here. And this really story is kind of a, um, it, it's the bigger culmination, if you will, into, uh, you know, what David started out with um, doing in chapter 27. Um, and so uh, let's dive into it. But uh, before we do that, let's pray. And then um, I want to also bring up a couple announcements uh, at the beginning of what is going on coming up uh, in the future for us. Um, but let's pray. And then let's also uh, dive into what God has for us today. Um, Father, we just come to you this morning. Lord, we know this chapter is small, but we know that your word is just infinitely vast with meaning, uh, with revelation, with uh, lesson with uh, conviction, with love, uh, and ultimately with truth. Lord, we just, so we pray to hear that today. We pray that uh, what you have for us today sticks with us. What you have for us today uh, goes forward and uh, drives us forward to just learn a life lesson, um, uh, to get further and closer with you, Lord, in our relationship as we walk with you. Uh, Lord, we just love you. Uh, I surrender myself to you that this word be your word, that this um, message be your message. Uh, teach me as you teach all of us today. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. Come on. You got that coffee or tea, maybe it's just even water or some juice or whatever, get a good swig of that. Um, so real quick, coming up, some announcements. Um one of the uh, wonderful things that is coming up is uh, week three of Connect Group signups uh, at our uh, locations. Uh, and so make sure to jump on those if you have not joined a group. Uh, there is There are plenty of groups. Men, there are plenty of spots in our men's groups. So do not be shy. Make sure to join now um, uh, and get that spot that you want. Uh, we have plenty of opportunities, so we're excited for that. Um, and uh, and so we're, we're 
we're diving in. Uh, one good thing is, uh, so at our Egg Harbor Township location, we've always had a men's breakfast, um, and that's continuing on, and we're seeing that grow. Uh, and then also Cumberland County, guys, you have a men's breakfast uh, re-emerging, uh, and so make sure to jump on that, get the details, go pound on Pastor Jason's door, when is the breakfast, and so uh, you guys can all uh, be fellowshipping out there as well and enjoying some uh, good pancakes and bacon and eggs and all that kind of good stuff. So um, make sure to jump in on that. The other part, uh, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday on the 23rd, we have our Heart for the House. Uh, and that's pretty pivotal um, because as we get into things, we are going to be focusing on cleaning out our back warehouse. Uh, that is in preparation for what God wants to do with that area back there. Um, and so just like anything, if you feel the calling that God has on your life, there's a level that you need to clean it out. You need to make sure that you are ready for what God wants to do. Uh, and if that area of what God wants to do is all junked up, you better clean it out. And so guess what? That's what we're going to be doing uh, as a church on uh, that day is getting back there, uh, cleaning out the junk, getting prepared for what God wants to do. Uh, and at minimum, getting prepared for uh, the holiday season. So we are ready uh, for all the great stuff that we normally uh, get to see every fall and into winter season. Uh, and so we're excited about that. So come on out. Uh, Heart for the House is Saturday, the 23rd, starts at 8 a.m. until about noon. And uh, we're going to be having a good time uh, with that. And breakfast will be provided as well. Um, and so th that's some short stuff coming up. Um, we have a lot more coming into October as we get excited for all that. But anyway, let's dive into the word today. Uh, so we are in 1 Samuel 29. Uh, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Um, so verse 1, the entire Philistine army now mobilized at Aphek uh, and the Israelites camped at the spring of Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds and thousands, David and his men marched at the rear with King Ashesh. But the Philistine commanders demanded, what are these Hebrews doing here? And King Achish uh, told them, this is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. He's been with me for years. And I've never found a single fault in him from the day he arrived until today. But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him, they demanded. He can't go into battle with us. What if he turns against us in battle and becomes our adversary? Is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing over heads? handing our heads over to him. Isn't this the same David about whom the women of Israel sing in their dances? Saul has killed thousands and David his ten thousands. So Achish uh, finally summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been a trustworthy ally. I think you should go with me into battle for I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Please don't upset them. 
but go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment? David demanded. What have you ever found in your servant that I can't go and fight the enemies of my lord, the king? But Akash insisted, as far as I'm concerned, you're as perfect as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in the battle. Now get up early in the morning and leave with your men as soon as it gets light. So David and his men headed back into the land uh, of the Philistines while the Philistine army went on to Jezreel. The word of the Lord. So here we go. We are seeing actually at face value, just looking at this chapter without even looking at other chapters and really understanding the story. At face value, this sounds like a story of haters going to hate. Haters are going to hate on David. Why is David even here? Um, he's not one of us. Haters going to hate. And honestly, there's a level that our current world situation would love for us to see it that way. Would love to, for us to see as like, why can't David be with them? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling you right now, this is actually a good thing of what is happening to David. It doesn't say that God's hand is in the mix. But I'm telling you, I believe that God's hand was in the mix here to help David. I, and, and that, again, you can you can go along with what I believe or you cannot. Of course, again, in black and white, it doesn't say that God's hand was in there. But there's plenty of times even in our life without explicitly saying that we just can sense and with our spiritual eyes, we can see that this is the hand of protection over David and actually this situation. We look back on uh, in chapter 27 and at the very beginning of chapter 27, but David kept thinking to himself, this is verse one and uh, 27 there, but David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting me in Israelite territory and I will finally be safe. We see that David actually is kind of backsliding here, if you will, and using that old school churchy term. He's backsliding. He's finding more refuge. Listen to that. He's finding more refuge. He's finding what he thinks is a safer position to be in the midst of his enemies than just turning to God. And so he's made a good alliance. Now, here's the one thing. His good character that he has built over time and his honoring demeanor has allowed him to make a, a safe ally here with King uh, Akish. But is this the right move? Is this the right move? That he is snuggling up with the ungodly. That he is finding refuge with those that don't share and worship his God. And that honestly, there's a level that they are just so fearful of him. And we see that being played out in this short chapter that they are saying, no, 
I know this this heat we're about to fight Israel and let you got one of Israel's mighty heroes as your homeboy and his 600 men in the back. What are you doing? They're going up to the king. What are you doing? Why do you have the the hero of all Israel? The one the women are singing and dancing songs to still. His fame has not stopped. And you got him in your back corner back here. This is not a good thing. This is a scary thing for us. This guy's got to go. You You can't have him here. David is so consumed with the fear of Saul that he's not realizing the greater picture that he has aligned himself to fight his own people. That he's aligned himself with the ungodly, with the unchosen, uh, with the ones that are uh, against God's ways through and through. He's aligned himself there than with the people he's anointed to protect. David is in a spot that honestly, if you had talked to David 10 years earlier, he would say, I would never have done that. David wrote in his own psalm, Psalm 91, verse 2. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Well, here, David, you didn't take up your own advice. In this part of David's life, and guess what? We can sit here and point fingers. Oh, man, look at this. But haven't we all not taken our own good advice before? Haven't we all realized what the reality of what we should do throughout life, regardless of fear, regardless of situations, regardless of mounting circumstances against us, that we should seek refuge and we should seek safety in the Lord? Not in our own thinking, not in our enemies, not in a place where I'm just going to hide back here because I'll seek refuge in man. Versus I'll seek refuge in the Lord. How far back has David kind of slidden out because of fear of having to honestly confront Saul? Now, here's the deal. I, I, after, you know, studying and everything, I, I believe David is a much better warrior than Saul. I think, honestly, if we were to ever... Uh, have both these guys together again and just them duking it out. I think I think David would win. I mean, Saul didn't take down Goliath, but David did. You know, there's like an automatic right there. David was growing up uh, before even fighting Goliath. He's fighting bears and lions and winning. Um, there's clearly a warrior spirit anointing on David as not just a protector of his family, but a protector of the nation. Uh, David is a, a an immensely great warrior, but for some reason, uh, and, there, and there's just a level, I don't want to kill my own uh, kindred, if you will. I don't want to 
go after that. He is the king and he's trying to be honoring. And so there's a level that there's not fear involved, but he's trying to honoring in a honoring way, not confront Saul, but just run from his crazy antics. But there is a level of fear too. I just don't want to be in, I'm fearful of having to confront this. I'm fearful of having to deal with this. And so out of that fear, because I think David knows he could he could take him. He could whoop him. All right. David would just bring the can of whoop and, and it would be all over. But he doesn't want to do that because of his character. But unfortunately, this is a part where even though with good character and good intentions, he found his own thought process to be more wise instead of seeking the Lord's advice and going and getting refuge with the Philistines. And so there he is, and he's done well. He's been there for over a year, about a year and five months, uh, and maybe even a little bit more at this point in the story. Uh, It says, you've been with me for years, otherwise multiple years, so it could have been over two years now uh, since chapter 27 to 29. This could have been some time. And so uh, I've never found a single fault in him. His character has allowed this relationship to, to flourish and to be prosperous for him. And so even though this is not the best course of action, as we say, like, hey, uh, that's not God's best for you. There's still a level of God's protection over him over David because God knows greater, right? God knows the full story of what David is called to do and be. But here would be a part where we would say this is God's this is not God's best for what David's actions are. We got to be mindful of the choices we make, and part of those choices we make is who we choose to be around us. Who do we choose to be around us and why? And why? And here on face value, this seems pretty decent. He's got a decent ally. He's found safety that way. It's a way of like cloaking or masking where he's at so Saul can't get to him. And so there's a level, maybe even some of us would be like, you know what? That that didn't seem like that bad of an idea at the time. He's not attacking Israel. He's doing like little raids while he's out there. As we look back in, uh, in chapter 27 and stuff, he's going after other enemies of Israel at the time. Uh, but it's, but the way he's doing it and the veracity, if you will, the, um, the amount of, how good he is and his men, it's made people of the Philistines fearful that, man, by now, and this is out of 27 uh, in uh, verse 12, by now, the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he will have to stay here and serve me forever. King Akash was sitting there going, man, the way this guy fights it's something that nobody's ever seen before because he is so ferocious. And he's like, man, now even Israel probably is scared of him because he's not with them. 
but he's still fighting and going and doing all these skirmishes back in that chapter. And there's this level of fear because of his fame that's coming out that we're seeing. But even though he has good character, doesn't mean he's not susceptible to falling into the trap of his own thinking and not coming to God. And that's where we see why David is even in this scenario, in the rear formation of the enemy of his own people, fighting along the side of the oppressing enemy against the people that he's actually anointed to protect. Wow, what a weird scenario. What a weird area. What a what a scenario that, again, if we asked David this 10 years earlier, do you ever see yourself? No, I would never be along the side of the enemy of my people. But here he is. And life circumstances can easily put us in an area where we would make a compromise or we would make a decision that ultimately in a time where if we had our mind together, we would never make, we would never make that in choice. But yet we say due to certain circumstances, he had to. No, he didn't. He could have sought what the Lord wanted. He could have sought, he could have taken his own advice from Psalm 91 verse 2. And I'm going to find and seek refuge in my Lord instead of my enemies. But here's the problem is that even the, his enemies, not King Ashash, but the other um, the other kings and the other rulers within the Philistines there that are uh, the leaders of the military and everything are saying, whoa, what are you doing? Even I see that this is wrong. Even I see that this is not the character he should have. This is not the position he should have. This is not the place for him. This is not his place. This is not his people's place. Do we know the place we belong and are we there? Do we know the place we belong? And are we there? Or have we found ourselves in a place, even in our life, maybe it's right now, or you've known a time in your life where you're like, I can't believe I found myself in this spot. This is never what my intention or what my good, honest to God self would say I belong in. But yet I'm here. How did this happen? what happened from a string of choices of course and this is where every once in a while we say well it's just one bad choice but then that one bad choice leads to another bad choice because one bad choice brings on a situation that makes you bring on another bad choice and it becomes this string of little bad choices that in retrospect then in that backseat driving of life we look back and go Ooh, that was wrong. 
Ooh, that put me ultimately in a position I did not want. Ooh, that ultimately put me with, I thought it was just going to be one credit card, but then it ended up to be 10 that I owe. Ooh, that was one bad relationship. Wow, I saw a string of bad relationships in my life. Ooh, that was one bad thing I did to a friend. Now I have no friends. And we have to look at sometimes one little bad choice. And then when we fall into that trap and we continue to make the same bad choice leads to a mountain of problems. It started out as a molehill, but the continuation turned into a mountain. And so this is why our choices are a big deal. Our choices matter. Our choices need to be reflected upon more often than we think. If we do a reflection on our choices every five years, you're going to find yourself more often than not going, man, I wish I reflected on it a lot more often than five years. We see that even even the enemies here, he can't go into battle with us, and they do what if. They play the what if game, right? How many of us play the what if game in our lives? What if What if this happens? And this, this is probably where I'm preaching to myself, right? And if you identify, you identify. And I'm preaching to myself where I'm I'm the overanalyzer. I sit down sometimes and uh, even Pastor Jason and I, we can kind of chat. And he's just like, come on, Nick, you know yourself. You overanalyze sometimes. And, and I'll sit there and I'll play the what if game with my head. And it always turns into the worst case scenario. The, oh, man, what, well, what if this and what? And then and it just go, what if? And then I'm decapitated. And then, or uh, what if, what if, uh, and then I, I have nothing and I'm on uh, homeless on the street. Like everything turns into the absolutely worst case scenario. <laughs> and it's like, hold the phone. This isn't really what, but the one question I almost don't always ask, and I need to ask it more. And I really felt convicted of this this morning as I going through this. And uh, this hit me about actually about 20 minutes ago before jumping on this. Um, But what if God? So if you're like me and you play the what if game with scenarios and things, and, and unfortunately maybe your mind wants to naturally go towards the worst case scenario. And Oh my gosh, if I don't help my friend out, my friend won't think I'm a friend anymore. My friend will hate me. And then my friend will want to have vengeance against me. And then I'll, my friend will kill me or something because I didn't help him mow the lawn or something. I don't know. That weird worst case scenario where other people just look at you like, what's wrong with you? Again, I'm preaching to myself. And so if you identify, you do. And if you don't, this is a time to take a sip of coffee for yourself. But, but I don't play the what if God game. But what if what if God jumps in this scenario? But what if what if God has my back? But what if I press into God right now? What if I press into his word right now? What if I take some time out of my day and I read my Bible? 
one of the things I'm learning is, uh, you know, I want to get away from some of these cliche sayings of just pressing to God. And, And that's true. There's nothing wrong with that saying. But then there are some people that don't know what that means. And so if you're one of those people, like, what do you mean press into God? And that means, guess what? Take some time out of your day and read your Bible. That means take some time out of your day and just turn on a worship song on YouTube. Find one that you liked at church. Um, you've heard someone use or whatever. Maybe you heard it on K-Love, um, you know, or something like that. Just turn that on and and just think about God or or try to allow and say, God, I just need you right now in in this scenario i need i need your spirit in my scenario uh and that's pressing into god so when we say press into god when we say trust in jesus when we say um listen to his word it means take time to open your bible it means take time to worship him Uh, and it says take time to try and clear your mind to allow god to speak to you I've been convicted to um, uh, in this as we start our connect groups uh, coming up next week. Uh, And so that's why I really want to plug, like, make sure to join a connect group because this is where discipleship happens. This is where we start making and learning how to make better decisions uh, in life. And so we don't go down the rabbit hole of I'll make one bad decision, which equals one bad one credit card I have, and then the string of continuing that and now i have 10 bad credit cards like the whole mounting scenario of bad decisions but we can stop that when we are in a good council of good people surrounding ourselves in life and that's part of what connect groups do that's it's a great thing of what connect groups are for um, along with all the great curriculums that are surrounding them like freedom and like soul care uh, and like so many other things. And maybe it's just a breakfast men, just maybe it's just coming to breakfast and being around men that have God's best in mind for your life and want to pray for you and want to seek good counsel and good wisdom through the Lord for you. And so we can make good decisions, not alone, but together. And then we can also believe not in the ugly what if, but we can also believe in the what if God jumps in. Well, I don't know if I take this job. What if I fail at this job? What if I don't do well and I get fired? What if, what if like I just can't hack it and I look like a total failure in front of so many people and I fall on my face? But what if God? What if God jumped into that scenario? What if God leads you through? What if God gives you wisdom? What if God promotes you through this job that you're scared to take or this decision or this whatever that decision is? I'm, you know, hypothetical, but what if God jumps into that scenario? What if I trust God more than my ugly what if scenario? What if God? And so as we analyze some of David's bad decisions, guess what? Even without David asking it here, God did a what if. 
and was part of here and saying, guess what? You don't belong here. You need to get out of this scenario. And I'm rescuing you from not only a bad scenario you're in, but a potentially worse one if you literally go to war against your own people and support your enemy. I'm rescuing you from this. And so guess what? The what if God stepped foot right here for David. And this is the guy that he's backslidden. But yet we've known him as a guy that God calls a man that's after his own heart. A guy that's famous for that. Being a man that's after his own heart. Has found himself in a scenario he would have never dreamt of. When he was in his right mind. And so there's grace here. This is a huge, not only story of how mounting small bad decisions can build to a, a being in a position that you never would have dreamt of in your life, but this is also a story of grace. This is a story of how God does bring his protection in unusual circumstances, but God's foot will step in. And yeah, he let bad scenarios happen to get to here. But ultimately, before David went off the cliff and literally went to war against his own people, I believe God put it on these Philistine army generals and kings' hearts to say he doesn't belong here. This isn't his place. This isn't God's best for him. This isn't what a Hebrew should be doing. And if we put it in our own context, this isn't what a Christian should be doing. And so God pulled the reins back and sent him in a direction to where he can be restored, he can be renewed. And ultimately, he can be the king of Israel as we dive in in a few more days into 2 Samuel. But here's the turnaround story. Here's kind of a pivotal moment in such a small chapter for the whole larger story that is David. And what are those moments for you? Have you had one of those before? Where you found yourself in a scenario you never thought you would ever have been in. You would have never dreamt to have put yourself in there. But you ended up there anyway. But some miraculous weird twist of fate or scenario that had happened actually sent you back on course. To receive grace. To receive redemption. And ultimately because of our Savior, Jesus Christ, receive salvation. There's a part of that that that's my story. And I feel like there's a lot more others that this is a part of their story too. But here, 
Ultimately, choices matter. So let's make sure that we make good choices today. That if you've been through freedom, the choice is, are we underneath the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge of good and evil? And we see that David's choice here to first snuggle up for protection with the Philistines was under the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. So today, what choices are we making? What tree are we under? And if you're playing the what if game like I do, what if God? Let's have faith for the what if God moments instead of the what if worst case scenario. Let's pray. Father, what if, what if you come into our lives right now today? And make a change. What if you come into our lives right now and guide us for that next decision? God, what if what if you just step foot and fill us with your Holy Spirit right now? Whether it's this morning that we're on this call or whether it's a different time of day when we're listening to this podcast, what if you what if you just love us? And guess what? There is no what if. As you do. As your word says you do. And your choice to send your son Jesus for our salvation, to give us grace, to give us forgiveness, to give us truth, and to also give us love. It says that you do love us. That you that are there for us. And that through so many different ways you speak to us and you can also turn us around because of your grace, because of your love, because of your redemptive nature, because of your son, Jesus. So Lord, may we, may we make decisions that are fueled and powered by your Holy spirit and not by our own wisdom. May we make choices today that are, that are faith-filled and not faithless. May we make choices today that are underneath your tree of life and not that tree of knowledge of good and evil. May we make good choices because of you and for you and with you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, everyone. Have a great Thursday. We will see you later on this weekend for another amazing service. And if you have not gotten to, please sign up for a connect group. You will not be disappointed. See you then. God bless. Take care. Make good choices today. Have a good one.